Hey family, welcome to the Grabbing My Sword podcast. Here we are honest about our mistakes, we are open about our journey, and we are looking to be transformed through the word of God. I pray that this podcast will bless your soul, and I pray that you will enjoy it. God bless you. What's good, warriors? Welcome to another episode of Grabbing My Sword podcast. I'm your host, Tavon, and we back at it, episode, I think it's seven, and ever since, I told you ever since that one episode where I had a guest on, I just keep on getting guests, and today, I got my my brother from another mother, from another land, I, <laughs> I got royalty sitting with me, y'all, today, I got, I got royalty sitting with me, I'm gonna let him introduce himself, let him explain why he royalty, <laughs> so the floor is yours, brother. Chirac. Chicago. So we met in 2017 playing basketball. And one thing I realized that when you're hooping with me, <laughs> we either going to make a loving relationship. Or it's gonna be a, a heated rival. And I'm just glad that we made a loving relationship and we've been, <laughs> yeah. But we've been friends and brothers ever since. And when I use the expression "brother," I, I I don't take it lightly because just how I grew up and my lifestyle. Uh, my mama always, for some odd reason, when I was younger, used to like. I was like, this woman is crazy because when I'd be like, I'm about to go outside play with my friends. They're not your friends. Stop calling me your friends. I'd just be like. <laughs> I just like, whoa, like, relax. Like, okay, I'm just going outside to play with the other kids on the street. <laughs> but when I grew up and growing up, I realized, like, whoa, my mama, was, you know, she wasn't lying. Like, everybody is not your friend. But I've had the opportunity to have you as a friend and other people as friends. And those who I call brothers and sisters, I realized, like, we might fight, we might go through tough times where we don't talk to each other, but we really have that love for each other and that's what I love that's what I love about having friends like true true friends you can go through stuff but y'all always find a way to renew each other and I my my mom was right though everybody's not your friend I, I I learned that the hard way I I got snakes you know I have snakes in my grass that I, I deal with and stuff but I'm grateful for my friends my brothers and my sisters <laughs> and I never came to blows with somebody twice and stayed friends with them. Uh, usually it's a one and done, but yeah, I was just you know, just, just heated the moment. But we here, man. And I, listen, I'm just I, like I said, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I wanted to talk about relationships. But <laughs> but the, the other day I was so frustrated. I'm like, man, God, I don't want to talk about relationships no more. I got to figure out what me and my boy gonna talk about. And then God was like. That's I'm I'm glad you frustrated because that's something that's good to talk about frustration through the relationship and bro I'm not gonna lie you know me so you know I don't usually do relationships and when I get frustrated 
I'm, I completely shut down. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to do it no more. I just be like, you know what? It's over with. And I'm dealing with that this literally this week, like since Tuesday. I, I just have not been in the mood. And we was in the group chat. We was talking about it. And you just said, like, bro, this is like this is something you got to be patient with. And patience for me has always been something that I struggle with. Because I'm such a person that want to be so perfect, patience is something that I I did not have, and I knew that I had to pray to God to get, because it's something that we need. Everything is not going to be good. Everything is not going to go the way that you want it to go. It's going to be some ups and downs. But me being a perfectionist, it I feel like it got to be perfect. Yeah, patience is as key in relationships. I don't want to sound corny, but it really is like key because everything doesn't. I think the way the world is right now, everybody wants that instant. It's really, really not to sound corny again, but it's really brick by brick, like step by step. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. And I think that's why we have the current uh, dating climate, the climate that we have right now. Because everybody's just, I mean, got city girls this, city boys that, everybody trying to one up the other. Um, it ain't no patience no more. So people really may be on their own selfish timing. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it is also patience also means, I think empathy and patience go hand in hand. Because, because I'm empathetic, I can be patient, mm. if that makes sense. So, like, if there's a miscommunication or whatever, I'm not just going to immediately flip. I'm not going to blow, blow up or whatever. But, like, me being a human being, I'm going to think, like, well, I mean, hey, this could be me. Like, I can I can have a rough day right. and forget to tell you something important, and I'm messing up what we got going on later in the day. So I can't just automatically just blow up on you. Mm. And I think that's what's lacking in a lot of people. But And I understand everybody. Nobody wants to get played. Nobody wants to get their heart stepped on. But right. Kind of, you kind of have to take the chance if you want a, a solid or a good relationship or something worth building or staying in. So patience, not to be corny, but patience is really key. I'm not going to lie. Yes, it's something that <laughs> I, I then had the opportunity to to work on but you you just touched on something that i like uh being empathetic and putting yourself in those people's shoes that's something that i i've also failed at so many times because i was trying to be perfect i didn't my therapist she had to teach me uh this and i think i read a book that talks about that too i literally actually the book i'm reading right now it it, it talks about that putting yourself in the other person's shoes that was something that i i never uh i used to struggle with looking at the big picture you know Every everybody's problem, their rough day is something deeper than just a person. They're not just angry. They're not just stubborn. They're not just stuck up. It's an underlying issue that they're dealing with. And if you attack the person because of what they're dealing with, you're being you become selfish. And I I know me. I'm a caring person, but also I can be selfish in times when I don't step back and look at the big picture. And be like, okay, what's making this person react the way they react? And what, why is this person not wanting to uh, open up to me? It might be trust issues. But because I'm, I'm so caught up in my emotions, you can't see the big picture. And I think that's where a lot of us struggle at. We get so caught up in our own emotions, like you said, because we don't want to get played. We don't want nobody to do us wrong. We get so caught up in us, us, and us, and how we feel that sometimes we never stop to see why this person is dealing with what they're dealing with and com that's where communications come in at uh something else that I, i'm just gonna be honest i struggle with too so now we know that i struggle with patience i struggle with communication i didn't always communicate but over the time just like you say patient is key here go another key com communication 
when you can the more you communicate the more you gain understanding the more you get to know the person the more you get knowledge of of them and who they are and why they act the way they act and why they talk the way they talk the less you communicate the less you know this person it's like you're talking to a complete ghost even though they're there but it's like you don't know nothing about them so when the more you communicate the more that understanding is and that's how you can become empathetic to a person when you're communicating more and more to this person and i mean i feel like empathy is something that is it depends on your upbringing also because mm-hmm. the way i grew up i'm the oldest out of my immediate family so i got two younger siblings and i really was a third parent growing up and like i really felt i used to feel bad whenever something would happen with my younger siblings or whatever and they'd get in trouble which wasn't that often everything always fell on me primarily everything fell on me but the rare moments where stuff happened to them it used to hurt me more than when I would get in trouble for something that I did if that makes sense so from that point on I knew I'm, I'm the type of step in front of the problem and like take it all before I let something happen to them just mm-hmm. as an example for my younger siblings but definitely falls um, under the category of how you were brought up because not to sound like uh, not to be rude or coarse or whatever but some people just weren't raised to, to really care about what other people think or mm-hmm. what other people feel so that's why we see people like clowning like you, on social media, you can see somebody clowning somebody with a disability right now if I just go to my Explore page or whatever. And I've never really understood that totally because mm-hmm. it's like you wouldn't, you weren't able to choose your life. Like you weren't born, like you didn't, you didn't, you didn't have an, an opinion or a choice in saying, oh yeah, I'm going to be born healthy, physically fit, mentally fit, all that. Um, so to see people like just, oh, that person has this and this disorder, that person has this and this, and they just clown at me. And it's like, you really... If, if you get reborn today, you might be in that person's shoes. Yeah. Now you wouldn't appreciate it if other people were on that with you. Exactly. But people can't. Like like I said, it depends on how you're raised. My parents always taught me to never, like, I never felt like I was bigger than the world. <clears throat> no matter what, like, our family is or <clears throat> how, whatever the status of our family is, whatever. But I never, uh, I was never allowed to think I was better than the next person. My mom always told me never to treat, like, people, like, never treat people any worse than I want to be treated, which is a corny saying or whatever. But my, if you know my mom, she really literally put <laughs> that into me, like literally. I, had, I mean, I was a hard-headed kid, so um, she literally beat that into me. But it didn't take too long for me to really realize what she was saying because it's like I would go to school and I would get bullied for little things for like like being African, for example. Like mm. I have a really long name, really long first name. I get bullied for that. Now, it's like I didn't choose to be born Nigerian. Right. I didn't choose my name. I appreciate my name because it has a deep meaning to it, which people wouldn't know. All you see is this this dude got the longest name on the list and it's like <clears throat> teacher struggling and fumbling over his name so it's an easy quick little target but it's just uh really about your upbringing or whatever and that's just an example of people just you know not being brought up right or like people not being secure in themselves and you feel the need to pick on somebody else or to expose some stuff that you don't really need to quote unquote expose or, or try and uh, attack somebody's Achilles heel mm. stuff like that it's just I feel like I since a kid I felt like that's beneath regular human being i don't feel like nobody has the right to do that but i'm one person so i can't change <laughs> i can't change the world i can't change everybody's mind yeah so what's the what's the um the deep meaning behind the the last name uh, uh, my first name yeah first name uh, my bad my first uh, well the whole name so you, let's right. let's do both of them <laughs> all right uh so my full name is oluwa namilari oshinaike um most people i like I don't even tell people that. I just go with Dari because it just makes it easier for Americans. Now, if I'm talking to another Nigerian or another African, then I'll say my name is Dari or whatever. Uh, but it really just means the Lord has vindicated me. Mm. So it means I don't really, ever since I learned the meaning of it, I think that's when everything really clicked in my mind. Like, it's like, I don't need to, 
I don't need validation from nobody. So I've never, that's why I've never followed trends or I've never like, like people be like, oh, you don't do this and this. Like all of college, you only see me at one party. It was a Halloween party freshman year. It's like, I don't need validation where, oh, you're not coming out to the parties. People calling me gay or calling me this and that and that, calling me stuck up. It's like, you say what you want. It doesn't really matter to me because I know. And it kind of like the, the meaning of my name always just rings in the back of my head. So it's like, I don't care. Like I know, I'm, as long as I know in my heart, I'm not doing nothing wrong. I don't really, I don't really care. But yeah, that's my full. And my other name is Ola Shupa, which means wealth is gathered together. Um, so wealth is gathered together and the Lord has vindicated me. Not to sound cocky, but it don't really get a lot better than that. But No, that. So I don't really be, I don't be phased by a lot of like things where people pick on my name. Well, as a kid, I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I haven't always been this mentally strong. Mm -hmm. As a kid, that used to really mess with me. That's why I kind of adopted Dari. Mm -hmm. it easier like teachers would be like what's your name dare diarrhea dare diary it's like you know dare but since you can't say that does dare work better and people just like my third grade teacher mrs rosado uh she just that was the easiest way and it just like clicked and ever since then i just been going with dare so when i introduce myself to like regular americans or whatever i just go with dare and then if i get like if i feel like somebody is a deep like for you or for the rest of our friends, I'd be like, all right, my name is really Dare, but I can rock with Dare because I like I rock with y'all. But if y'all want to call me Dare, I respect that too. And if y'all fumble it or mess up a couple of times and want to want to just stick with Dare, you can understand that too. Because once again, me being empathetic, I know that y'all don't y'all not raising the same culture as me. So words right. like that don't really roll off the tongue. It's easy. The Lord has vindicated me. Yeah, the Lord has vindicated me. And you said you you wasn't always mentally strong, mm -hmm. so you had a positive affirmation as a name. Yeah. As a kid, I really let people take that because little, little, a little bit of history about me. Come on, <laughs> I feel like we like. I'm born, I'm born in America, born in, so I'm a U.S. citizen. People in America don't realize stuff like that. So I'm born in America, I'm a U.S. citizen or whatever. My parents sent me to live in Nigeria from the age of five to eight and a half. So I live in Nigeria from five to eight and a half. Now, mind you, my native language is Yoruba, but me going back there, I'm already like fully immersed in English. So I didn't speak no Yoruba the three and a half years I was there. So while I'm there. Everybody calling me a stranger and a foreigner because I'm not speaking our native tongue at school. Now I come back to the U.S. <laughs> it's third grade. Every, and mind you, I just went through three and a half years of being told I got an American accent and all that. I come to the third grade, people telling me I sound like an African booty scratcher. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, I just spent three and a half years being told I was, uh, I was a foreigner. So I'm thinking I'm about to seamlessly slide back into the uh, society. No problems. In reality, no. Uh, I guess I had an accent. So my, my name, like, I always knew the meaning, but because people, like, it wasn't a lot of like Nigerians surrounding me, so I'd be in a class with like uh, African Americans, like regular African Americans, uh, Hispanic people, white people, whatever, Asian people. But everybody trying to like you know nobody trying to get bullied, so nobody really standing up for me. Right. None of the foreigners standing up for me, so it's just like well I'm gonna just stay in my little bubble and just like yeah y'all can make fun of me all y'all want until I mean until I you know hit a growth spurt, a little puberty, <laughs> start looking a little better, and then, and then it's like all right I'm really about to take control of my identity because. My parents really didn't know about that, so I was kind of wrestling with that on my own. So I was like, that for a long time, I was really down in the slumps about my name. Like, I used to dread the first day of school, for example, and I used to hate it. And it's like, I would wait till I see a teacher about to fumble or stumble, and I would try to just like raise my hand real quick, like, mm. that's me. Don't even worry about it, just call me Darty. Mm. Just to like cover it up so I wouldn't be like embarrassed or made fun of, even though people at that point, like seventh, eighth grade, people didn't know me through the years. So people were like, well, yeah, he has the longest name. But it's like, it never got easier. It's like, aha, do with the long ass name, blah, blah, blah. It's like, but yeah, my my name is literally a po positive affirmation and I still let people take that away from me for a long time before I really reclaim my, I don't want to say destiny, my 
my identity, my, ment my mentality, I really reclaimed it. Uh, I want to say freshman year of high school, that's when I really started to reclaim my like mental strength, I guess, because it's like I, can't, I couldn't go through high school like that. I might have did something I didn't want to do. So. so we were supposed to talk about relationships. Scratch that. <laughs> Scratch <laughs> right. that. Scratch that completely thing. All of that. The last episode, we talked about identity. See, I'm behind. I'm behind. We're we can on, we can talk about it again, mm -hmm. because once again, you had a positive affirmation as your name, mm -hmm. and you let people take advantage of it. And you just said that you got to. So, how did you gain your mental strength again? I guess I got tired of it. I just it just got to a day where it's like, bro, like I'm a regular person. I should not be going through what I'm going through. It got it just got to a point where it's like enough was enough. Uh, I got in a really bad fight my freshman year. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to go into details about that, but uh, it was five versus one for one. And reality is really How much is actually said the S word? <laughs> oh, how much is said that? Oh, oh, here. Yeah, uh, I got into a really bad fight. Um, and a lot of what's surrounding that, aside from me being like, like just being a regular person, it was also like about my name kind of. Like it was like the bullying just got to a point where it was like, no, like I'm not about to keep dealing with this. Right. So it was like, I'm standing up for myself. I started getting a little more confident in myself or whatever. I was starting to. I was trying to. I really wasn't, if I'm being completely honest, I wasn't actually confident in myself. I was putting on a facade to make myself, like, I mean, if people if people believe that I was confident in myself, it might give me an actual confidence. So I was like, I'm putting on a little facade, act like I'm confident in myself or whatever. Didn't back down from this dude at the school, caught me lacking. We just got, got into it. Uh, so a lot of people don't know about this story because it's really kept under wraps. But... Uh, I, I should have told you the same way I told somebody else that on this we vulnerable here. Yeah, yeah, we sure. vulnerable. So I appreciate you and I thank you for your vulnerability. I'm gonna let you continue though. Yeah. So, uh, but after that fight, for one, I didn't back down. Got my butt whooped. I ain't gonna fake. Got my butt whooped. I mean, it's five on one. <laughs> Got whooped, but I ain't back down. And I'm and at this point, I'm filled with so much like anger. Like I'm filled with a lot of anger, hatred towards people. Like I really wanted. Part of me wanted to go back to Nigeria because it's like, well, I'd rather deal with them. Ain't nobody really picking on me there. Mm. You know, like, nobody's putting their hands on me there. It's like, <laughs> you're not about to do that to me over there. But over here, it's like, you're just a regular person. You're just one of the guys or whatever, one of the students. So uh, that fight, like, it kind of like, even though I lost, it gave me confidence because, like, I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm still alive. So. Uh, all right, let's slow down because, oh, my gosh, I have so much going through my mind right now. That's amazing. First of all, you said that. Jesus, thank you. You said that it was you really wanted to go back to Nigeria because you wasn't worried about them. But also, I, I just got a revelation from the Lord. It was easy for you to go back to a place where you were so familiar at. And so many times we run when we're the stranger. We don't embrace being the stranger in a situation that is not normal to us. So it's easy for us to go back and run to something so we can just fit in. But it was through, and, and then you also said I got into a fight because I got sick and tired of it. It's through us going to battle. It's through us fighting because we're sick and tired of how the way stuff is where we start to gain that confidence. Yes, I'm, I might leave the fight with some scars, some wounds. It might look like I lost to y'all. 
But to me, I won because I made up. It, it starts in your mind. I've made up in my mind that, you know what? I'm not going to take this no more. I'm not going to take somebody keep talking about me. I'm not going to take somebody keep trying to make me feel less of myself. I'm not going to keep taking people attacking my identity. This is who I am. I take pride in that. I, and I cannot continue to let people attack my identity because this is something that was God given to me. God is my vindication. And I've allowed you to take away my vindication. If I continue to allow you to take away my vindication, I will never realize that God is my vindication. So you know what? I got to make it up in my mind that I'm not going to take this no more. So what seems like a loss to others was really a win because I learned that you might talk about me, but God's still my vindication. And not only that, God fights for me. So I may physically have loss, but spiritually, guess what? I'm better than you. And and. And when I say that, I say that in the most humble way. And, I, and when I, when we was just talking, I realized that we had something in common that we don't take pride in who we are because we try to remain humble. Thank you. Simple. We try to remain humble. But I, I think, was this today that my bishop was talking about this? Somebody was, uh, one pastor was talking about it is, and they was basically talking about how it's nothing wrong with saying something confidently thinking that it's a pride. You're humbled, and you just know what the Lord has brought you through. So it is okay to speak in a humbled, confident way. Man. And it's funny because people really be uh, taking that as you being uh, cocky or whatever, but I feel like my name being what it means helps me, like, kind of, like, keep in mind that, well, I'm not wrong. Like I like as long as I like I always say, as long as I know in my heart of hearts I'm not saying nothing out of pocket, I'm right. not doing nothing out of pocket, I never need nobody else to really be like, Oh, uh, yeah, you did the right thing. Like and in my head it'd be like, I know I did the right thing, but I'm not gonna say that because that's, that's always kind yeah. of my head is like, I mean, thank you for saying that, but I didn't need you to tell me that. But I mm. appreciate you saying that because and that's kinda of my defensive wall because it's like I don't I don't really accept praise as much as I should. I get a lot of praise for a lot of things that I've accomplished in my life a lot of things I'm still accomplishing and striving for. Um, and I always downplay it. I literally just did it today. <laughs> I just did it today. We just had a, a, a men's league game, and I was, cooking. Uh-huh. I was cooking. And I'm getting praised, and I'm like, this is nothing. Like, I'm not really – I'm not cooking really how, I'm so, how I feel like I should be cooking or whatever, but I know I'm doing better than what, like, people were uh, expecting or whatever. But I just have a natural, like – my natural defense mechanism is always to just downplay it. I don't want too much attention. I never have too much attention on me. That's why I don't go to parties or nothing like that. I just mind my business. I, I, throughout college, you know where to find me. It's either the gym or in the room. Or in my room. It's only one of three places you can really find me. And it was just, it helped me. It kept me sane. It kept me uh, focused on what my ultimate goal was, which was to graduate college, obviously, and then continue to like, get a good job and stuff like that. But um, yeah, like people really, I think people are so insecure in themselves that when you speak confidently of yourself and when you speak confidently and don't need validation, they just throw that label of, oh, you're stuck up. Oh, mm-hmm. that, I was known, that I got labeled on me my freshman year uh, college. I'll never forget that. I, I tell my siblings this story all the time. I've been telling my sister this because she's about to go to college. And I'm like, the way we are, like, once you're confident in yourself, somebody might try and label you something. Just to, like, they might not really have no animosity towards you, but what you're, like, your confidence in yourself might be so, like, unfathomable to themselves mm-hmm. to them that they're like oh we got to do something like damage your character or like to reduce your confidence or whatever so that label of being stuck up i told my mom about it freshman year and she was like it happened to me too when i was in college <laughs> and it's like okay from one it was like all right i feel a little bit better because like now i got somebody who really been through this and who i mean who else can be better example than my own mother right one. 
but then it was also like, nah, I really know I'm not doing nothing wrong. My mama just told me I'm not doing nothing wrong. I don't care what nobody else has to say. On top of already God already vindicating me, I really don't need nobody else. The woman who gave birth to me and the man who created me or the God who created me have validated my existence already. So I don't really need much more um, from the outside world, which is why I've never really cared to put in status quos or like um, follow trends or whatever the case may be. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a problem with the world, with the way it is. Um, you can't speak highly of yourself without being labeled something like, and something negative. Like you, it's just not a like, it's not a good thing to be confident in yourself. So everybody wants everybody to be insecure about themselves. And I'm not saying they walk around like you're big headed or whatever, because I, I, I don't feel that way at all. I feel like I'm just a regular human being amongst regular human beings as well. But at the same time, I'm not gonna talk down on myself because then I'm, you're like leading yourself down a mental hole where you're like, you, you, you're limiting your potential. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> Limiting I know. your potential, putting a ceiling on your on your growth, and it's like for what? Why why would I do that? I don't know what I can be. I'm not about to limit. Why would I stop my own growth? I want to see me be the best me, and I want you to be the best you. So I don't talk down to other people unless. Well, I mean, I don't even talk down to other people, but I will rebut in a rude way if I have to get. <laughs> if I get fed up, I'm gonna rebut in a rude way. I'm not about to keep letting you talk crazy to me yeah. about regular things or whatever the case may be. But it's definitely a society issue. But that's that's also plays part in, or that's also where your faith plays a part in the society like the stronger you are in your faith the easier you just navigate through this crazy yeah definitely i uh i i don't i don't understand it though because i'm i'm the same way i don't when it comes to praise i'd be like okay like i cringe up when I, when somebody praise me i'm like I'm like, like you inspired me. I'm like, oh, snaps! Like, like, but <laughs> once something negative happened, I get, I'm quickly like, I'm like, come on, bro. Like, I'm, I'm on myself about that. I don't know why. Like, I, I think it's probably the way I grew up. I grew up in a house. I, I was the oldest kid too. So, I got the worst of the worst. Like, the worst of the worst whoopings. I, I, I'm. You had a grateful heart because when I. I was mad that they got away with something and stuff. Like, y'all just going to let them do this? I, I didn't grow up the same way. So when I did see them get whooped, I still, sometimes I was like, all right, that was unnecessary that you just whooped them for that. But other times I was like, about time, like, these niggas deserve that. Like, like, like come on, for real. So, but growing up, my mother, I and I say this, when I'm, when I'm about to say this, it's not like, whoa, your mother don't love you. I didn't grow up in a household where it's like, we told each other, I, I love you. I didn't grow up in that type of household. A lot of, most of the times, my mother, she got on me about stuff more than she congratulated me. Like, I think the first time I ever heard my mom say congratulations was probably at 16 years old when I preached my, for the first time. I think that was the first time my mama said 16. Second time she said congratulations was when I graduated high school. And then after that, she said, now it's time for you to get out of my house. <laughs> like, it's, in a matter of two seconds, I was like, hold on, dang. But she still loves me and stuff. But so growing up, I didn't really hear that from my mother. Now my grandparents, or other other hand, when I used to go over their house on the weekends, I heard that. Oh, I'm proud of you. Or going to church. Oh, you're such an amazing kid. But because I deal with my mother and her tough love, when it came to people praising me and stuff, I was like, all right, like you know. But when it came to being hard on myself and stuff, I would spend more time doing that to where it got to the point where, like you said, you're going down that mental hole where when I was stuck in my depression and going through that season where it's like, you know, I didn't want to live and stuff. When I was going through that, I, I had to realize it was all what you were speaking out of your mouth to yourself. 
you wasn't telling yourself you're you're doing all that you can do like you're you're only 19 bro like <laughs> like you you don't have all the wisdom in the world you don't know everything you're only doing the best with what you got you might look at it as not much but you're 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 doing good you're like you're 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 doing everything that you got to do but I was so hard on myself. It, it was driving me literally insane. It was driving me to the point where, like, uh, you know what? I just want to give up. I could not see the good because I was focused on the bad. And when I say that, I, I, I'd say that for relation, relationally. I couldn't, like, I can talk about my father. Not having my father in my life, but having a father figure in my life since I was young, like, one or two i had my stepdad he's been there every step of the way been in every game and all of that stuff but because i was focused on what was not there i can recognize what is there now over the last couple of years i'm able to like sit like just uh yesterday going bowling with my family and sitting next to my my stepdad and he buying me food and stuff like he like what you want to eat buy me that i'm sitting there like dang like I really got that father in my life, and it took me so long to realize that because I was so focused on the, on the negative, but it goes back to that vindication and, and knowing who you are, knowing that you're not going to always have it all together, knowing that you're going to fail and you're going to make mistakes, knowing that sometimes this person is not going to love you, but somebody still loves you, knowing that sometimes this person is going to hate on you, but this person is 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 there to inspire you and to motivate you and they're cheering you on. So it's going back and realizing that, hey, I'm going to deal with some negativity in my life, but I also got some positivity in my life. And that's why the Bible tells us to not focus on things of the world, but focus on things above the pure things the the righteous things the things that are worthy of praise because the more we focus on those things the more we're more energized to wake up in the morning and say let's go let's let's do this let's attack the world let's let's like we can do this uh just to piggyback on I'm hearing you talk i'm not gonna lie a lot of our background or a lot of our it's the same yeah because my mom like my mom went through a lot just to give birth to me and my three siblings here in America. Like, for one, that's one thing that I feel like Americans don't really, y'all don't really understand how much of a, of a, I want to say like asset that is for you. My mom's a Nigerian, Nigerian born, she was born there. Obviously, you get a Nigerian passport when you're trying to leave. That uh. passport holds no weight nowhere else. Like, that's not nothing. Like, mm. and my mom, growing up, she would always say, you can literally be anything. You can be the president if you want to be. Me, me, be You can be anything. You can be the king, but. <laughs> <laughs> I understand, like, growing up, it was like, why do I got to be president? Why can't I just be a regular, like, engineer? Like, right. Why can't I play basketball for a living? Why can't I be an artist? I used to draw a lot as a kid. Why can't I write books? I used to write a lot um, as a kid. But I never really grasped that until, like, I started, until I got out of uh, high school, really. I got out of their roof, and I just encountered a bunch of people. Like, I see international students coming here, but they need, like, an education visa to stay here, mm. for example. And then it clicks in your head what your parents, like, what my mom went through, like, she, like, she did some crazy things just to give birth to the three of us here in this country. I, I can't go into detail about that because <laughs> I can't, but I, like, I, I forever appreciate that sacrifice and what she went through because, I, and as a kid, I didn't really understand. And I understand why she used to get on me the way she used to get on me. Like, I used to feel like the expectations on me, I had to be nothing short but perfect. Mm. And it's like my parents worked bo really hard. Both of them worked very hard, um, especially, like, the hardest part would be during the summer when, because my mom uh, was a teacher for, um, of my, um, I want to say, like, 
young, young life, youthful life, whatever. Mm. Um, so she, she used to teach like summer school or whatever, for example. My dad out all day working. So I'd be at home watching my siblings. Now, mind you, I got my little sister who's the, the biggest pain in my butt, the biggest. Is your, is, so is, is it you, your little sister, and then your little brother? It's me, brother, and sister. Oh, mine's is me, sister, little brother. Like, I would have been crazy. <laughs> I'm not going to get started on my sister. She, I'll be ready but to kill her. My sister would just never listen to me. Like, and I would, like, like for example, I was, there was this day where she was hungry or whatever. She was throwing a tantrum. Um, I, I couldn't, like, I couldn't cook that well as a kid. So, like, <laughs> I, I, like, I can't cook. So, I don't know what you want. I can make you some pancakes. I can make you some cereal, some waffles. I couldn't make rice. She wanted rice, I think. Um, she threw a tantrum or whatever. And she's just slamming our kitchen cabinets, like the lower ones under the sink and all that. Absolutely and not. There's one, there's one specific cabinet that was super weak. Super weak. And I told her, do not slam that cabinet because the little top half is going to fall off. It's going to break. What does she do? <laughs> she just, she's going in a row. And you know, like, it's my sister. I can't, if it was my brother, I'd have grabbed him. Like, what is you doing? Like, I'd have been mad. But like, I can't even touch you because now I'm really going to be dead by the time they get home. So I'm like, I'm watching it unfold. She just slams the cabinet. And it's like, it was fine for a second. I swear my life is like a movie sometimes. I'm, I'm looking at it, and the thing just went, and I was like, and then it just fell on the floor. No way to reattach it. She starts crying even louder or whatever. And it's like, why are you crying? I'm about to give my ass whoop. What are you crying for? Like, what are you crying for? And my mom came home, and sure enough, she's like, why, why didn't you stop her? You know how much it's going to cost to fix this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I tried. You didn't try hard enough. And it's like, what else am I supposed to do? I'm not her actual parent. But, and it's like, my mom really didn't have the answers to that of what else I'm supposed to do. In, in hindsight, I really did the best that I could do. Right. The next thing I could have did would have been to knock her out. It's <laughs> like, that's the next best thing I could have did. So, uh, like, growing up, I think about that story all the time. I reflect on it, and it's like, well, in that situation, my mom didn't have no other option. She just, like, she expects so much of me of yeah. that it's like, she just figured that I would have figured out a way to de-escalate that or to not let that happen or whatever. And another thing that you said that resonated was um, I didn't get a lot of praise growing up. Like, same thing. Um, first time I heard, I'm proud. I'm proud of you. Or congratulations. We had this um, summer school class at our church or whatever. It was like me, my brother, and like 13 other students in that class. I came in first for the class. It was like a graded class. Like it was an actual graded class, like a three week course or whatever. I came in first. My brother came in second. Me coming in first. I got to give a speech to the whole church. Mm. Me, I don't like speeches already. <coughs> at this point, I've given multiple speeches because our teens class would do skits and stuff, and I was always the one who summarized them. Okay. So it was only fitting that I would win, of course, and then I would be the one to give the <laughs> speech, which I really don't want to do. I really should have tanked it, but I would have probably got whooped if I tanked it because they would have known that, like, you didn't try or whatever. So that was the first time. I walk off the stage. My mom was right there front row recording me, giving the speech. I got to find the speech. She has it on her little Blackberry or whatever. Recording me. I walk off the stage, and she just gave me a hug. Foreign at the time. Never. I don't remember a hug before that. Hmm. And it's like, not because she didn't love me, per se. It was just tough love. It was like... You, you ain't did none yet. So it's like, I'm not congratulating you. I'm not going to congratulate you for moving on from fifth grade to sixth grade from sixth grade to seventh. That's nothing, especially in an African household. That's expected of you. You're you supposed to be an engineer by, by 10, damn near. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that was the first powerful time or the first impactful time where she was like, I'm proud of you. Congrats. Blah, blah, blah. And gave me a hug, embraced me in front of the whole church. And I just, like, froze. I didn't even know what to say. I couldn't say thank you because it was like, wait, is this really happening? I yeah. just froze. And then, like, we just walked up to the side. I'm talking to my brother about it. He's he was a little saucy because he felt like he should have came at first. <laughs> but in reality, we both got the same grade. We both tied um, scores, but because okay. we're all the oldest and the way Africans work, it's like, well, we can't give the little brother first place. It's gonna look bad. They, we all we're all about status quo and all that. So I was like, we don't give him first place. Really, they could have gave us both first. I'd have been satisfied with that. But 
that was the first time she said, I'm proud of you. And it's like, that stuck with me for a long time. Like, I, like that made my week, damn near. Like, I think that made my week <laughs> two weeks. I was happy for like two weeks. And if you knew me as a kid, I wasn't the type to just walk around smiling because of all the bullying I had went through. I, had, I developed a natural, like, scout, like, little grimace. So when you first meet me, I probably look unapproachable or whatever at first because it's like, I mean, I don't know what type of time you on. So I'm going right. to open myself up to you calling me goofy or something like that. So it's like, I'm going to just be on some, like, I'm going to be on BS off rip. See, I should have been on your time then. <laughs> what, not, not smiling? Yeah, because that was my problem growing up. I'm I'm always smiling. Oh, nah, I couldn't. And then I messed up teeth. Nah. <laughs> like, I'd, like, literally, my my grandma used to ask me, like, like you just always, like, you'll never, like, it's never a dull moment to to not smile. Like, I'm always smiling. Like, I'm always in a good mood. And people couldn't understand it, like, why is he in a good mood? Like, I remember Ray saying, like, oh, I'm just going to hate this guy when I met him. <laughs> Because I was just so goofy, I I don't know. Like that's just always been me. I've always been the one where like I just want to make other people smile. So when and that's why I hate about myself. Because when I'm not smiling, it's instantly all right. What's wrong with him? <laughs> like I'd be like, and it's like most like I say all right. I'm not gonna lie. Ninety percent of the time, if I wasn't smiling, something was wrong with me. But there's that times where there's that ten percent. Well, I was just, I'm just like, dude, I'm just like, I'm just relaxing. So I wish I was your way where I can just like, I'm really happy, but I'm not showing it because I don't got time for y'all mess. But I wish I was that way. I promise you. I have to reverse engineer a lot of that because like now I'm now I'm going through high school. Like our my first years of high school, I spent at the school called Von Steuben in Chicago or whatever. Or not or whatever. I love my <laughs> Please don't come for me. I love I love you. Um, but. So my first two years, and then uh, my next two years, I spent at Grays Lake Central. It's out in the burbs um, of the city. It's like 40 minutes or whatever from burbs. Now, mind you, wasn't my idea to transfer schools or whatever. Right. It's because of my parents. Okay. Now, like, people were meeting me at this school, and now I didn't develop this grimace or whatever. In the city, don't nobody care about you. Like, they don't really care. Like, all right, he's frowning. All right, what's wrong? We don't really give a fuck about him. Whatever. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's your problem. Out there, people stare at you because it's like, why is he not smiling? Like, mm. And it was like, just leave me alone. I don't even want to be here because at that point, sophomore year going into my junior year, I had, like, became really comfortable in my environment, per se, for example. Like, I was like, really comfortable at my school. And I didn't want to have to deal with, like, reestablishing, like, all right, my name is Dari. Don't, you don't need to worry about Oluwadamilare. Don't even say all that. Just say Dari. I didn't want to have to worry about having to reestablish all that or whatever the case may be. So I just really reverted to complete, complete, just, like, leave me alone. I stayed to myself. And that's how I met one of my closest friends today, uh, Curtis. Um, and <laughs> funny thing is, first conversation I had with this dude was because we had uh, to introduce ourselves in English class or whatever, walk around, walk over to him, and then he was like, uh, "What do we, we? You have to walk around at different tables and uh -huh. say what y'all had in common." We looked at each other. We're at a damn near all white school, <laughs> like we both black. <laughs> Put that on the paper. We're like, we both black. You all said it out loud. Yeah, we said we, we said it at the end. We're like, we're both black. That's what we said at the end. But um, he said, "What's your name?" I was like, "Dari." He said, "How do you spell that?" I spelled it. He said, dare? And it's like, the, oh, like literally a year prior to that, I would have swung. Like, who, you, yeah. who was you calling dare? But that's irrational. And I'm, I'm seven, I'm 16 going on 17 or whatever at this point. So it's like, developed a little bit of maturity. So I can't swing on you. So I was like, no, not dare. Darty. And I had an attitude or whatever. And he looked at me like, we could scrap if you really want to scrap. <laughs> like, and it was like, all right. Like, we could do that too. Mind you, this, this dude is 6'3". I don't know what, like 250 or whatever. I don't care. I'd have fought bigger people than you. I'm probably not, I'm probably still going to fight bigger people than you in the future. I don't care or whatever. But when I got to college, I had to reverse that because it's like, all right. At, at, the, at that time, I'm completely confident in my whole existence as a human being. Like, I don't even care. Like, I would tell people my full name if they really wanted to know. Mm -hmm. um, but even prior, like a year prior to that was like 
that was not even fathomable for me. Um, so I had to reverse engineer that whole smiling, like not smiling. I became more approachable. I could tell because more people were coming up to me and talking to me. Literally the first day me and you met, you know how we met? Do you remember? No, I don't. Bro, it was orientation. Or no, it was the first day we moved on to campus or whatever. We both lived third floor or I lived in the, the door, right? When you walk in uh, the floor, I lived in that first door. You walk by, I'm sitting down. I'm just chilling or whatever. You literally walked in my room. You saw a little curl sponge or whatever. You said, can I use this? I looked at y'all, I was like, I don't even know this nigga. I'm like, See, that's my problem. <laughs> hey, I, I cannot even deny that. <laughs> I cannot deny. That's my problem. I, I, I'm too comfortable. Like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, man, what? I don't even know you. Dude. That's my problem. I was, like, I was like, sure, go ahead. And then that whole day, I kept thinking, what made this dude decide to <laughs> approach me? Like, why would you approach me? Like, like is, is it because I literally had just made a conscious decision that I'm not about to be walking around frowning and grimacing all the time. And it's like, did that decision just really work that fast? And now people are trying to approach me. This dude just walked in my room and just asked me to use my curl sponge. If I made you. If I made you uncomfortable, my bad. Bro. <laughs> it was just funny to me. And it was like, it was like, man, it was like, well. No, that's literally my problem. But I, I, I'm such a people's person. Mm-hmm. I just come off so comfortable. And I hate, I really hate that about me because I, I, I make connections with people. Like going back to where my mama said, everybody's not your friend. I make connections with people. I ain't going to say their names. Like I was about to say, but I make connections with people where it's like, I should have made a connection. Then I get stuck with that connection until I get to that point where it's like, all right, now I really got to, I, I got to end this. But like, I ignore every sign that this person should not be my friend because I'm just so comfortable. I, I really don't remember that. What the, hey, no, that is, a, I dig, and I remember coming into school with here. Like, I, I was like, sure, whatever, bro. Like, go ahead. I get did we used to walk to the rec together? We did. I think I got out of class like at like three fifty yeah, forty five. Yeah, are so terrible, yeah. yeah. We got we used to get out and just walk. I think our paths just like connect. connect like, we yeah. always ran into each other. Oh man, there. I can't believe I stayed at Or. Yeah, that was terrible. Ta- University of Akron, you need to renovate Or. That's not that is inhumane. Yeah, nah. Whoo! I don't know how we did that. That's terrible. Good times though. <laughs> hey, bad times. Bad times. Shower, we got no, 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 that, that part. Got to do something about them. Shout out to my, uh, to our RA, DJ. DJ my that's guy. my boy. Where'd you use his bathroom? Mm-hmm. I was showering in his bathroom, bro. He, he was oh, where was I? I? <laughs> not, not in your room. I'm not going to say where you was at, but he wasn't. He wasn't in your room, I'll tell you that. What? I, yeah. I wish I would have known that. I would have been in there showering. He was plugging me, man. I ain't going to fake That was clutch. Hey, no, that's hilarious. I, can, I can't even, like, deny him. Me doing something like that because that that is crazy. Hey, but that's just about being comfortable in your identity, though. But it like I've always been like that. Just like I I just want to make people comfortable around me. So the best way that I do that is by doing the most silliest or outrageous stuff, where like people would think like, "Hey, I can be like I I always tell people you can be who you are with me." You know, and I think that's was because. Growing up, I was who I was with, with my I was myself with others. Like people used to try to bully me for believing in God. Like when I had, <laughs> yeah, like when my Facebook, when, when everybody had Facebook, it was always me reposting something about God. And my friends try to try to bully me. And the reason why I can crack jokes now is 
because I crack jokes with them and what you say to me, I'm going to say 10 times worse than you. So like, like be careful because we can have this roasting session, but it's going to end up to you ready to swing. And it's not like, I'm not going to get hurt. You're going to be hurt. But then that's another way I I made friends by roast session. But like, I was always comfortable in the fact that, you know, I love God. I'm not afraid to that. I think coming to college, I I think I can admit that the more I grew up, sometimes I did become afraid, like sitting in classrooms and stuff, where I was afraid to say, like, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. And I think I had to go through that period where, like, God had to reinstall me that confidence, like, hey, don't be, you know, don't be afraid of saying this is who you are. But growing up, I was just comfortable in that. And people try to try to bully me. It did not work. Like, bro, like, hey, you don't understand how good God is to me. So I. It's it's only because of his relationship that the relationship that I have with with God that I am this loving person, you know. Because like I said, the environment I grew up in, the France that I grew up around, it was I could have easily been in the gang, I could have easily been a murderer, I could have easily got killed and stuff. But because I had that relationship with God, and people think like, oh, my mother goes to church, my my dad goes to church, my dad is in my life and stuff like that. No, I was the only one that woke up on Sunday and went to church with my grandmother. And it was her sitting me in front of Jesus, not forcing Jesus into my life, but sitting me in front of Jesus that my relationship with Jesus grew. And I got baptized at 11. I I accepted my calling at 16 and stuff. But it was that having that confidence and God is my vindication. I think that's going to be the title. I love that. The title of this podcast, God is my vindication, that I just became so confident in who I am. And I also... The reason why I was so comfortable around people um, is because I also wanted people to, like, be comfortable in themselves. Like, I didn't want people to experience the moments where, like, you, I was running to hide and didn't I want to be around nobody. I wanted people to feel loved. Like, if you might not be loved at home or you might not feel loved from your your spouse or whoever whoever i at least wanted you to like when you come into my presence know that you you you're loved here and like i'm i'm going to be there with you and i think that was another part of my upbringing uh a lot of people don't know but like the people i call my actual actual family if i say i'm about to go to my cousin's house they're not technically my cousins they're my step cousins now that my my uh, stepdad and my mom is married like they're my little brother and little sisters real cousins but they were never my actual cousin by blood, but because we like grew up together like my whole life, nobody stopped to second guess and say, "Hey, this is not your real cousin, or hey, this is not your real auntie." And them loving on me and showing me that love, it was easy for me to reciprocate that love to to others. And I I say it after the podcast. I ain't gonna say why <laughs> why I'm able to do what I'm what I'm doing now. I'm able to do that now because of the love I received so it's easy for me to be like hey let's let's like yeah I'll say yes to this because I get that. I can respect that. but you know what I'm talking yeah, I, know, I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> one day yeah that's that's hilarious so that I, I did that but I can't believe that I did that but yeah, yeah. I tell that story whenever anybody like asked me about our friendship or how I got started that's the first thing I'm gonna say like, I thought you was gonna say something about basketball basketball Freshman year, we had our ups and downs. We had got, I remember we got to a really bad, just a heated moment where, like, we were hooping. I think I had got the best of you. You had got the best of me. Uh-huh. You said something. I said something. We going back and forth. 
Then for like a month straight, we just at each other's neck. <laughs> in the rank. We still walking the same path to the right, just not talking. Just not talking, ignoring each other. Headphones in. I'm in here listening to Dirk, all types of murderers and stuff. Hey, <laughs> I'm trying to set the mood. I'm like, man, I'm going to rip his head off today. Me and Tony went through that too, though. Yeah, and then it's like, then once I started playing with, like, me, when me and you started playing together, instead of playing against each other, me, you, and Tony, and then we started playing with DJ and them, and it was like, all right. Like I can I can rock with him. Like he well, he not that bad when he on your side. But I'm, I'm obviously like you like Pat Bev. Like, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to deal with you, bro. I'm not trying to hear. I'm not trying to see him. Just just go away, bro. But, but that's how we started. I started with BJ. Like oh my gosh, BJ Marcus and CJ. I hate the other two. We ain't gonna get into that. That's a story for another day. I, oh, I love my innies, but. Anyway, but that's how I started with BJ, though. It was, bro. Straight smoke. No, like, worse. Like, bro. Uh, see me. And, like, and it was me and Tony. Because me and Tony grew up with each other. We've been friends since 13. It was like, see us outside. And BJ, and you know, BJ not li- like that for real. Like, you got to take. He, he look at you like, like, bro, you weird, bro. Like, what is you? But I was really heated. Like, bro, see us outside. Like, uh, I'm waiting on you. But that's how our, our relationship was. It was heated. Then once we got the. We playing with each other. It's like, dang, like we actually cool people. It sucks. Like it, it, it was like a, it's like a turning point. It's like, damn, I was doing all that for nothing. Right? Why we couldn't been being cool with each other? Cool. Ray was the same way. Like, I oh <laughs> no, with Ray no with Ray though it was crazy. Like me, we really literally watched Ray play a game of basketball and he was just bricking. I was like, bro, he's so trash. Like, bro, this dude is so. And he's like, bro, like who, like I'm just having a bad game. But like for two months straight, I was kept saying, "Oh, leave him open," <laughs> until one day he just. <laughs> That's great. And then we became friends. I was like, "Oh, this dude can actually shoot!" Like I don't mind him shooting the ball. And so that's but basketball brought us together. Something like, and that's what you need in your friendship. You need something to uh, bring you together. You're gonna find something in common. If you can't find something in common, that's not your your friend. But that was really. I say our Achilles, our Achilles heel. Did I say that right? Yeah, Achilles heel. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was what we like. I uh, had a comment, and it just grew, grew from there. And I, like I said, bro, I'm I'm grateful for that. But we ain't. I'm not like a lot of the closest people in my life are literally basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm not like I already said multiple times. I'm not the type to go out to a party or like really. I wasn't. I'm not that social. I'm still not that social. Like it's really rare to catch me outside of. Court work <laughs> at, the, at the crib. It's really rare to catch me anywhere outside of those three places. But like basketball, like I have a, ton, I feel like I have a ton of people who I can consider close friends. Mm-hmm. It's literally just through hooping. It's like, and I and I kind of use basketball as a way to like uh, appraise somebody. Like, all right, can I trust you? Like, our, uh, this dude named Dante Dante Thompson. Uh, he's a pastor here in Akron. You can keep talking. One of my closest, uh, one of my closest friends, or cl- well, he's like an OG to me. He's like a big bro to me. But one of the closest people in my life right now, uh, and it's just through basketball. Yeah, like, it's just, basketball is really just a connective tissue between me and a lot of people. Like, right. It's kind of crazy how it's a sport where you just throw a, little, throw a basketball in a little cylinder for different variations of points. But it's just like it brought me, it's brought me close to a lot of people. I met a lot of people through basketball. I met, I met you, met Tony, met BJ, uh, Ray. Kurt, I mean, just a bunch of people. I, I can't even name everybody. Like just. Everybody at the natatorium, y'all know who y'all are. The University of Akron Recreation Center, y'all know who y'all are. Everybody at Lutheran East High School in Cleveland, y'all know who y'all are. Back home, Export, High Ridge YMCA, uh, shit, Lake Zurich uh, YMCA. Dark Yankos. Oh. 
Fitness. <laughs> it's good. Cool. Lake Zurich YMCA, uh, LA Fitness, Ron Lake. Uh, just basketball, man. Just a real, real connective tissue. Well, we gotta go because they they rushing us. Rushing yeah, us. but it's part one. It's part one. Yeah, we gonna definitely do it again. If, but before we leave though, what do you want to leave the people with? You gotta leave them with something. I gotta leave them with like a quote or whatever. Something, something good. Um, my Instagram bio. It's not. It's I don't know verbatim. I kind of know the gist of it, but I want to say it exact. Uh, there's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that others won't feel insecure around you. Just be you. Mm. Really, that's really like. I really live by that without even thinking about the quote. That's just how I feel on a day-to-day basis. I'm not about to shrink myself and make myself feel a little bit worse or a little or lesser than the next man just so you can feel more comfortable around me. When in reality, there's really enough shine for me and you and them and them and them and them. There's enough shine for all of us, really. We just got to get past our own little egos. I don't got an ego. I ain't going to say you got an ego. But that's, what, that's what I'm leaving with. I'm going to leave you out with that. I like it. It's a lot of shine for a lot of us. Yeah. Hey. Part one. I got to come back. Part two. Definitely. When time are you leaving? I'm leaving tomorrow. Tomorrow what time? Like, I gotta go back. Uh, probably like six, seven. In the morning. In the morning. Oh, dang. Yeah, we 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 get another time, another session. I'm coming to Chicago. We just lose at the credit. Definitely. Well, I I thank you, bro. I I really appreciate you. Yeah, I think it's. I'm looking at the my temperature is 76 degrees here. I'm I'm sweating too. <laughs> but let us let us close out with a word of prayer. Father God, we just want to thank you and praise you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for being our vindication, Lord. It is through you that we can f- find comfort in our identity. It is through you that we can find comfort in knowing that no matter what the world thinks of us, we are who we are through Christ Jesus. We thank you and we celebrate you for being our God and being our Father. We pray that this podcast will bless somebody. We pray that, Lord Jesus Christ, they become comfortable in who they are through you, Christ Jesus Christ. We pray that the old is gone and the new has come. We pray it's your name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Grabbing My Sword Podcast. I will see you next time. Peace.